Ever since I was a little boy, I've dreamed of being the final girl. <laughs> back to queer horror cults yes welcome welcome back it's uh and to me i guess yeah nice to hear your voice again it has been <laughs> a while yeah it's been a while since we've even actively well since i've actively recorded anything, yeah that's I just guess it. i you... guess it's just one it's... episode you're absent from yeah but since we pre-recorded so much stuff yeah yeah it's a, been a like week a or two month. ago i was like geez it's been a while yeah, been <laughs> even like though we still month. have stuff coming out yeah it, yeah, it was uh it's like man it's it's been a long time yeah how have you been? Not bad. I guess take, taking it a little bit easy because I have a break from my classes right now. Well, that's good. <laughs> You're heeding our own advice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that I've been super sleazy, but I have at least been heeding half of our advice. Okay, well, that's that's a start. I don't know. I guess I'm rewatching the L word. It's kind of sleazy. That's pretty sleazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a... You know, you know, they announced that the, a new... Uh, series is coming out or some something and you know so, we're gonna hate watch that show yeah and uh yeah I've, I've only ever watched through the entire thing one time i've watched like the first few episodes more than that right because my introduction to it was god i was in i don't know grade nine or grade 10 maybe and right. um my friend we would she would frequently host movie nights and you know everyone would go all these friends would gather in her basement with like various chairs and just people would bring different movies and we'd decide what to watch. You know, that, that was where I saw Wreck for the first time. Right. That was where, I, you know, various things. And so we go for this movie night as usual with um, me, some of her friends from the school we went to, and then some of her friends from her old school from before she had moved. And someone was like, so I brought the, I brought the first season of The L Word. And we're all like, what? What is this? And so rather than watching movies, we watched The L Word for a few hours and just like had our minds blown and fell in love with Shane and everything. All, all of us straight girls were like, oh, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so the show was fairly prophetic. Yeah. 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 And I remember being like, oh, my God. Like, I, because I'd heard of it before. I think it had already been running for a few years at that point. Um and I remember watching it, like, because I, I assumed that, like, any other representation of lesbians was going to be, like, very much catered to the male gaze. Right. Super sleazy and porny and just, like, not actually especially humanizing or normalizing or anything. So seeing the first few episodes and being like, wow, this is, like, They're people? a show about people. And, yeah, there's sex stuff because, of course, there is. It's, it's uh, showtime. showtime. But they're, they're, they were people. <laughs> It's like, oh, of course they have to get porny with the sex stuff. Uh, but but then also just like, please get porny with the sex stuff. <laughs> but even then it doesn't get like, I don't know, I wouldn't call no. it porny. I like, feel, I feel it's like. Because uh, around like they're actually seem to be. They're human beings. Yeah, they're human stuff. beings and doing like pleasurable stuff as opposed to like stuff that looks good on camera. Yeah. Which it's kind of sad that there's that distinction where it's like, that's not porny. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess then maybe you're getting into that really, like, classist distinction between, like, is it porn or is it erotica? And it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 
It's, I was going to call it a movie. It's like, no, it's, it's a uh, visual text involving people fucking. There you go. Whatever you want it to be. I don't know. Oh, uh, that's a fun argument. <laughs> Either way, you cut it. You're being pedantic. Yeah. And maybe so, classist. Um, Welcome back to our L Word podcast. And, uh, <laughs> our L Word Revival podcast. Once again, we are, of course, talking porn. We seem to always <laughs> loop back to that. Which always. says something about us, but... Probably. Yeah. Probably many somethings. Many, many somethings. But no, so, Queer Horror Cult. Feels kind of weird jumping back into it. Mm-hmm. Like like you'd mentioned, it's been a while. Yeah, we had, we had a real like, groove going on there, and then yeah. we were stockpiling episodes, and now it's like... Okay, it's been a while, but now that we're back, it's like, whoa, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, Maybe I know one thing we're doing. It's February. This will be our last episode of February. So we figured let's do a bit of a twofer there. Um, because what is February again? February is Black History Month, and it is also Women in Horror Month. Uh, so we just finished watching Horror Noir on Finally. Shudder. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's been out for like at least... I think it came out while you were away, yep. and we were like, okay, we're going to wait till we can watch it together. Beginning of February, yeah. Yeah, I can and remember then, if it was, like, beginning of February or, like, mid-February. And I've been back just shy of a week, so mm-hmm. we finally got around to it. Yes. What did you think? I really liked it. I um, I mean, I went in ex- fully expecting that I was going to. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, it's like, that was really good, but what else was I thinking exactly. was going to yeah. happen? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I expected it to be really, really good, and it was, and um, yeah, it was cool going through the historical stuff, and especially the political context. Yes. Throughout the decade, or context, I guess I should say, throughout the decades that, um, and looking at the different um, themes and representations that emerged mm-hmm. at these different t- times and points in history. And um, I guess also this is kind of fresh in my mind, having uh, recently reread and uh, added a couple of, or fixed a couple of grammatical mistakes and whatnot to this paper I wrote back in my uh, girlhood studies class, because mm-hmm. you were sending it off to someone you met. And, um, yeah, that one talked a lot about these themes of, like, specifically, like, white cultural nostalgia. Right. People in certain bodies, specifically, mm-hmm. as a site of monstrosity. And so, and so seeing them talk about this in the, the mo- or in um, Horror Noir was all, it was a little bit of that, like, oh, I was, I was kind of on the right track back in my, like, third year of my undergrad or yeah. whatever. Like, oh, I'm not full, I'm not totally full of shit. I like, you know, I think I'm a pretty good bullshit artist when it comes yeah. to, uh essay writing and whatever but it's like not totally bullshitting there (laughs) yeah but then uh talking about these sites of monstrosity specifically in terms of blackness Mm -hmm. um as a white audience member there was a lot of stuff that i felt like yeah totally i remember that and i remember thinking that but then there was also a lot of stuff that it was just like wow how did i not see that and i mean i know i didn't see my fucking whiteness blind i mean (laughs) but yeah um it's one of those things that it was really eye-opening i guess like I, I i don't know like if that's quite the right word because again we we know what we're getting into and we load up the documentary and all that but it's like shit this stuff has been so pervasive mm-hmm. for so fucking long it runs deep yeah and even some of the stuff that you wouldn't expect to see that yeah like i don't know i'm guessing you probably had the similar response but when they pointed out with like the creature from the black lagoon i did not i never I was, and I, I, that was one of those ones that i'm like yeah. of course like yeah it duh, makes so much but sense i 
went right like over a, my head. As you know, I'm a diehard love. Oh, yeah, you like, love, I love yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. And this was another avenue to it that I didn't see or appreciate before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, shit. When you spell it out like that, yeah. it's like, holy what? hell, he's coming, yeah. this, this creature is coming out of the Black Lagoon yeah. and it's stealing like, it's, this white woman away? Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Okay. I see what's going on here yeah. now. I see it very clearly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was that was the, the little bit of like a mix of like disappointment, I guess, yeah. but also like. But it's another avenue of um, way to understand and appreciate mm-hmm. the film, you know, from and contextualize a, it from even. thinking an author is dead kind of standpoint. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like deeper things running there, but at the same time, yeah. like you said, if you think authorial intent and the times it came out of, there's. Yeah. It's also a lot going on like, there. One day we will fully form your your reading that the the creature from the Black Lagoon is actually a lesbian separatist. It is a hundred percent a leopard. Yes, uh, she lesbian is. Separatist and one day movie. this uh, this argument will be fully formed enough that we will we will bring it out and yes. and uh, make our case. Until then. Until then, I need to work. <laughs> I need to take it back to the kitchen a bit, work on it some more. Yeah, yeah. But I do contend that this movie can be read and should be read as a lesbian yes, separatist tale. Much better way. Um, maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, and uh, you know, I think we could. We made we made a case for like, The Shape of Water too. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, where like the Shape of Water is hella queer. Yeah, you know we're we're just because we're assuming that the fish man is a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have you have clownfish, you have goby fish, you, you have the all these fish. fish that it's male when it needs, needs to, to be, be <laughs> but in the absence of enough males for reproductive capability or purposes or whatever, the a female can biologically shift into a male. But I feel like this is like. Rather than, like, biological necessity for reproduction, this is biological necessity for the pleasure principle, where it's like, oh, oh here's mm. a heterosexual lady. <laughs> I'm going to shift this way to get with heterosexual lady. This Whereas, you know, if she was more queer, who knows? We may have mm. gotten a very lesbian shape of water. We might have. It's still, it's lesbian if you want it to be. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll one day we're going to do a, a, like, sexy fish time Yeah, we'll do a sexy episode. fish episode. Sexy fish. Sexy I mean, because, you know, fish are already so sexy, so... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what did you think about horror noir? Anything else to, to um, you want to add? Or anything that blew your mind? It's funny how, like, I'm fairly well-versed in horror history, as, you know, it's like my bread and butter. I, I read up on this stuff incessantly and all that stuff. Um, and even though so much of it was familiar, there was just a lot that was... Like, there's all these little turns to it that it's like, I'd never looked at it that way, mm-hmm. or I'd never, uh, I didn't realize that about this movie. And like I said before, I think a lot of it's probably because of my whiteness and white upbringing that, uh, of course, I'm not privy to it. I don't have these experiences. Yeah, like, and so I, you don't have the, the lens that primes you to yeah. see this stuff. It's it's kind of like how I, I can stay all day long being like, wow, how are the straights so clueless? You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm the clueless one in this. Like, oh, that's avenue. how. Because like that's not been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, uh, I I think a good example of one where it's very well researched and written about, and so I was a little more in the know of was like the Night of the Living Dead stuff that came mm-hmm. up, right? Yeah. Um, but then just the uh, amount of examples of the tropes 
of how black people appear in these movies as they went on. It's like everyone has heard that like the black person dies first, or mm-hmm. as they they call well, it. Well, that's to the point where that became like an anti trope. <laughs> yeah, to the like it's referenced in. There's a whole period of horror where every black character will be like. I'm not doing that. I know the first, the black guy always gets it first. Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. So to the point where it became a, like a, a joke. It like, yeah. like an anti-trope yeah, almost. Like sure. it's a referenced const, like it's so solidified that it almost became like hyper solidified. Cause, cause they point out right. in the documentary that are in the, in uh, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Documentary yep. that, um, they're like, that wasn't always the case. Like, no, just, you know, there were many examples. Yes, but that wasn't always the case. And there's an important distinction to make, but mm-hmm. it's almost like, yeah, this constant referencing of it made it seem a lot more prominent than it actually was, maybe? Yeah, or yeah. made it seem like it was the only option. Absolutely. Um, but, it, yeah, it was one of those things that even in those uh, areas that it's like, yeah, I've heard this, we've seen this a lot and all that stuff, there was still nuance there that, like, mm-hmm. it was really cool the way this movie went into that. Yeah, um, I like how, um, I'm trying to remember who talks about this, like, I, I would have read it years ago. In my undergrad, I, I want to say it was maybe Bell Hooks, mm-hmm. who writes about, um, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but I don't remember if I ever actually referenced her or the, or the piece itself, but this idea of encountering representations of yourself or of this group that you belong to that is typically super underrepresented. Right. And even though these representations are, so in this, this example, even though these representations of black women are made by white people with from their frame of reference, their worldview for a white audience. Right. Still, with since this is the only avenue of access to a representation of yourself, still, even though it's so wrong in so many ways and probably, you know, makes you mad or makes you just like frustrated, there still can be a certain amount of like pleasure in it. Yes. And, and I, I know like how many, you know, to look at it from a queer perspective, like how many times do you see these queer coded or lesbian coded evil late women who are out to just like hurt other women and the protagonists and stuff and there are these evil monstrous witchy type ladies who are supposed to be bad but you see them and you're like oh man they're fucking hot like she could fucking step on me and i'd be so like choke me yeah (laughs) jesus but i get what you mean 100 yeah fuck me up but that's how they were uh talking about the black exploitation cycle mm-hmm. in this, where it's just like, yeah, it's and that might have been what Bell Hooks was talking about. Yeah, too. it's like a mix of there's representation, even if it's bad representation, yeah. and being know? able to look beyond the bad and being like, well, there's something. So what what can I get from this that mm-hmm. is fulfilling for me? Yeah, beyond just like representation. And it's funny how oftentimes that those bad representations they can become like really subversive mm-hmm. as you read more into it, whether it is by design or not. Yeah, or it's um, just the, as the times evolve, looking yeah. back and being like, "Oh, this it's is provides like, new light." The Sleepaway Camp movies are so transploitative, but at the same <laughs> time, there's a lot of subversion there, especially as like time has moved on. Well, as you pointed out, like at one point. Uh, if you want to do a really like optimistic reading of it, if anything, it 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 could be construed as like a um, I don't want to say pro-trans, but like a sympathetic yeah narrative because yeah it you know it turns out when for for trans kids at least because or kid I guess kids in general where if you force them to live as something they are not, they it's horrible like yeah. it's horrible for them. And so 
if you take that reading and apply it to these people who refuse, uh, you absolutely refuse to acknowledge that their kids are trans or gender diverse or questioning yeah. their identities and stuff, it's like, yeah, that, you know, you can kind of turn the tables on them and be like, well, yeah, here's this. If you if you re- if you twist it around this way, actually, it's saying what if we can say this way that it, you can't make cis kids live as a different gender then why can't we make the same argument saying you can't make trans kids live mm-hmm. as they're, like, assigned at birth and have, you know, and if we do, it's going to have the exact same kind of, like, catastrophic mm-hmm. consequences, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's that taking that kind of, like, shitty narrative and be like, well, I can twist it to work to, like, make my argument, too. Yeah, so, so suck on that. Yeah, people. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, finding pleasure in that as... Mm-hmm. If yeah, as a as a horror fan who's like, well, well this is kind of marginalizing, but if I look at it this way, like how many times have I said that I love like representations of like the bad representations of gay or trans people in these movies, where mm. it's like, so this is what the straights think of us, kind of thing. <laughs> and yeah, then I think I think even um, if I. I really it's almost like rubbernecking at the scene of a horrible accident yeah. kind of thing, where it's just like, oh, so this is a representation of queerness, and it's just like, we're going to slow funny. down and rubberneck at that, because yeah. <laughs> it's just wild to take in. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so Horror Noir, you didn't need to hear it from us, as everyone is already oh, like, losing their, their yeah. shit about this, rightfully so, but if for some reason this isn't on your radar, see it. Yeah, it's on Shutter. It's, it's on you Shutter. Can, I'm it's, sure there are so many Women in Horror Month and other like promo codes right now to get a free week, free month, whatever trial yep. of Shutter. So I mean, you should get Shutter because like it's not that expensive, and yeah. it, they do some really great stuff. They also have um, like you were talking about knowing a lot about Romero and uh, Night of the Living Dead and everything. Did I do that right? Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for some reason in my head. I was like, oh my god. I was getting, there's so many Living Dead movies that yeah. I'm like, did I fuck that up somehow? Thinking like Return of Living yeah, Dead, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is it just Night of the Dead? And I'm like, and then I'm saying, thinking, no, Night of the Dead does not sound No, because right. the sequel is Dawn of the Dead, Day yes, of the Dead. Yes, exactly. That's where you're anyway, at. Anyway, yeah. I was afraid I fucked it up with one of those like pseudo sequels. I'm tired. Anyway, um, like one of the, because I, I knew a bit about that too and kind of the, mm-hmm. the history and everything. And I learned a lot of that from the uh, the, the core, which is oh yeah, the, the special they did on... Um, Toby Hooper and uh, George Romero yeah. after, because, you know, they passed away, I think, yes. within, like, a month of each other. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they did, like, a special episode. And this is on Shudder. This is an original show that they have made, oh, and man. we're waiting for a second yeah. season to I anyone was, who might be yeah. listening and has any sort of, like, Sway. control in yeah, that area. Yeah, for the core? Like, yeah, we, we are... We are we're waiting. We got it because of the Saskas, and we yeah, stayed. Yeah, we got it because of the Twisted Twins episode, and we stayed. stayed because the show is just fucking amazing, it, and Mickey Keating is a, is a treasure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fantastic. We've learned about, you know, that's where we we watched that, and we're like, oh, I guess we have to see the Greasy Strangler now. I guess we have, and, like, we, we've learned so much from that show and got so many great recommendations. It's like, where the fuck is it? Like, that show taught me that Elijah Wood is truly lit. Yeah, Elijah Wood <laughs> It's fucking cool. Like, I didn't know that. I thought he was just, you know... It's like, cool. Elijah Wood, he's a good actor. He seems nice. Whatever. And then it's just like, oh, horror god. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, he's... It's like, oh, I... Like, I... We we could be friends with this guy. Like... Yeah. He's actually super super relatable, not just a person who's there. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, like, he'd be fun to have a beer with and talk horror, you know? So... (laughs) Absolutely. And it's like... it's It's a piece of the puzzle where it's like, so this is why he was in the Maniac remake. This makes so much more sense. (laughs) This is true. Oh, shit. So, yeah, yeah. Shudder is great. Free plug. 
because we love them. Yeah, so Shudder, from now on, though, this is their only free plug. Yeah, you're so you, yeah for, first one's free. Cash money. First one's free, but that's it. Yeah. Bring the core back, please. Yes, if you bring the core back, we might do another plug. <laughs> Preferably without Danzig this time to uh, hold it up in, like, legal purgatory. Oops, did I just say that out loud? Oh, no. Did you just say anything bad about, about our about artist Lord D Xavier asterisk N-Z-I-G? Um... It's funny how that was the episode that held it up, and, like, I don't know if I should be saying this, but it's one of those things that it's, like... When it finally aired, it was, like, oh. I remember, like, the part that got me the most is when he's, like, you know, sort of, like, man, people are too easily offended today, they don't don't know what it's like to be real, like, blah, 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 and it's just, like... fucking punk It's, like, yeah, you as cishet white dude sure know what it's like to be subversive. Yeah, you've definitely never been so offended that you have your your big team of scary lawyers shut people up. Yep. And you definitely probably didn't get mad at Henry... (laughs) (laughs) Henry Glenn Glenn Forever. Forever. (laughs) For those who don't know, this is a wonderful comic that exists where Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig are in a loving relationship, and their next-door neighbors are Hall and Oates, who are a couple of Satanists, and this is a weird batshit piece of batshittery, but like... Apparently, well, the the pull quote on the bag is from Henry Rollins, and the pull quote says, "Has Glenn seen this? He would not be impressed." <laughs> <laughs> I should hope not. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, back to happy topics. Misfits was right. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bring it back. I'll do a compliment sandwich there. Okay. Even though it's an open face sandwich because we didn't say anything nice at the start. Sandwich. <laughs> we didn't say anything nice at the start, so we'll just end it with like I dig some Misfits tunes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's horror noir, and it is fucking fantastic. Yeah, love it. Um, so we are gonna return in a little bit here with. Uh, the second part of this episode, mm-hmm. which uh, is going to be a nice, fun roundtable discussion about our favorite final girls with, uh, well, we'll see who with. Probably because probably women in horror. They yeah. don't have to be final girls, I guess. Yes, that is true. That is true. But yeah, so stick around. Yeah, bringing in some buddies. We say stick around as if you're not choosing to play this and it just came up on the radio or something. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Okay, um, yeah, so we're back here with uh, our guest from last week, you may remember. We've got Aaron here, and we're here to talk about our favorite women and final girls in horror movies. And girls, too, I guess. Actual girls, not just women who are called girls. Lori said girls. Yeah, yeah. I, I always said final <laughs> girls, but final girls, a title is usually reserved. Okay. Not always, but typically for either, like, a late young adult woman. They, they can be girls, too. They can yes. be girls, too. I just want to make that yeah. distinction, because it's not always made. And That's everyone's assumed enough. to fall into the category of women when girls have their own unique experiences and realities I like lives. how you're saying this, like you're just throwing down shade at me, like from across <laughs> the table. Just move inside to side as I say it. Yeah, that's the, that's the total shade posture. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, what we really need are final babies. Wouldn't you guys watch a, vi- uh, a series of, of movies about final babies? As long as it's not, like, more Harry Potter. 
Because I guess he, he's, he's a final baby, if you think That's about true. It. All right, it's been done. Never mind. But a whole series where he's just, where someone is just a baby. I think that'd be fun. Like Baby's Day Out, but the horror movie version? Sure. Boss baby, but proletariat baby. <laughs> See, that just sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so this is our last episode for February, uh, closing out Women in Horror Month and all that. Um, figured we'd talk about some of our favorite uh, women and girls that appear <laughs> in some of these movies that we like. Um, who wants to go first? Well, if you say your favorite women and girls in horror, like who who immediately pops into your mind? Um, hmm. Assuming anybody does. Well, if we're talking the final girl trope, mm-hmm. one of my favorite examples of that is in one of the earliest slasher movies, Black Christmas, 1974. And that's because it kind of bucks the trend of so many of the final girls that followed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I thought was really cool about it. It bucks the trend? Didn't it, it start the trend? And then but the trend that follows. The tr- yeah, but, but then like Halloween gets a lot of credit for starting the trend. Yeah, it at least popularized yes, it. I'll give it that. For sure. Um, but, but one of the big yeah. ways that it does that is we talk about uh, in some of the more cliche slashers, it's not always the case, but in some of the more cliche ones we get like, oh, um... Anyone that engages in sex or sexuality is going to die, and therefore we need this uh, virginal final girl who will, you know, use her chastity almost to survive the horrors. Like, that, this kind of comes up evil. in this weird sort of uh, way where she almost has to be desexualized. And mm-hmm. that's not the case in Black Christmas, because immediately off the bat, we realize that the struggle she's having with her boyfriend is she wants to get an abortion, and he's against it. So, yeah, she's fucked. We know this. Yeah, it's and, canon. like, it's a part of the plot line is mm-hmm. uh, her taking control of her own body. And I thought that that was a really cool kind of, like, when you're watching these in 2019 and you come to this fresh having seen so many, it seems so fresh and different, even though this came before what got solidified <laughs> as the final girl. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I really love about this character. And, um... Yeah, so I'll start with that. I see your black Christmas and I raise you an alien. Good choice. Okay, okay. So we have a super good pal, Vasca. Shout out to Vasca, who knows way more about, you know, the alien franchise than I do. But as, like, an ignorant layperson (laughs) who likes seeing Sigourney Weaver's pretty face, I will say... Um, yeah, uh, Ellen Ripley is, like, the best final girl ever in the world, possibly, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I, I challenge, I challenge you all to, like, to, you know, convince me otherwise. I don't feel the need to convince I don't either, and, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ripley's fucked, too, she has a daughter, Yeah. so. Yeah. And, and she has and a cat, which is so cool. And a cat, and she's a, she's an adult, she's not, like, mm-hmm. Uh, she's not a teen. She's not a 25-year-old playing a teen. Yeah, she's an adult exactly. playing an adult. And she kicks ass. Yeah. But why do you like her? What, what, why do you, are you picking her for this? Because, I, well, I like a strategic woman. Mm-hmm. And Ripley's got pretty good strategy. Mm-hmm. And I like a woman in a space uniform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Ripley's mm-hmm. got that. 
And I like a woman who will protect your cat. Mm-hmm. Ripley's got that. Important quality. Yeah. yeah. So there's just lots of amazing things about Ellen Ripley that we, yeah. And yeah. I- it's weird. Like, okay, so I don't think this is a necessity for for the final girl trope, but would you say that in most cases, the final girl... I don't know who talked about this, but there's the final girl grabs a phallic weapon. Who says that she usually grabs a phallic weapon? Because mm. I would argue that there's no phallic weapon in Alien, and it's just Sigourney yeah. Weaver being Sigourney. There's lots of other sexual imagery like yeah. throughout in the, the film. In the first one, absolutely. Yeah. If we're talking this later series, like she uses a giant gun in the second one, and you can't get more phallic than that. Yeah. But phallic, I think phallic insofar as like an, a weapon that penetrates the body, like the weapon itself, like mm-hmm. edges an extension of the final girl's like ha- own two hands are penetrating the body yeah. of the, the the killer. I don't know. I feel like the gun is kind of the ultimate like extension of. Yeah, the way the this, like, amosexual in, culture... It, yeah, in society. Yeah. But uh, that's a good point. Like, in the first one, in particular, Yeah, n- unless you think, all. like, you know, flamethrower, it's like, my dick shoots fire. Yeah. It's not really funny. Actually, it's, it's funny because um, if we're looking at the first one, um, she defeats the alien by sucking it out into space, which is, like... That's not phallic. That's like Ooh, vaginal kind of yeah. imagery, or just like I'm just gonna suck you into the abyss, here. <laughs> envelop you in the dark abyss, in the womb of outer in space. The void. <laughs> yeah. Because when I think womb, apparently I think outer space and its vast emptiness. It's mm-hmm. the monstrous mother that holds us all. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Space. Isn't space us. great? Space, space is, so is pretty great. The best part about space is that in space, nobody can hear you in space. <laughs> <laughs> there was a knockoff alien t-shirt that said, and not only that, it said Alan it's on an it instead alien, of alien. It's an alien. And it said, in space, no one can hear you in space. <laughs> I want this that. fucking t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. My favorite movie, Alan. So if anyone can track down this t-shirt, we will legit start a P.O. box just to have it <laughs> sent to us. I'm sure that, I think it, it went viral enough that there you can probably get like bootlegs of the bootleg. That's true. At that point, is it... What, what do we call that? Like, I feel like there's some comment to be made about, like, kitsch or or something. It's like it discursively that. forms into a genuine article. Something like that, yeah. Wait, because there's bootlegs of the bootlegs, so the bootlegs yeah, yeah. So it's is, like, is like, like a bootlegs, genuine article. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's approximating a fuck-up, but now it's intentionally fucking up. It's so. like a genuine hoax, like Barnum yeah, like, and Bailey with the, the Fiji mermaid, where yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's not real, but it's a genuine fakeness totally so yeah i mean it's like the, there's so something... the shirt is the fiji mermaid of bootleg shirts yes okay this was a weird rabbit hole that we went down okay. anyway um what do you think about her as a final girl and how she evolves from movie to movie because i noticed that her she's very distinctly ellen ripley but as the movies go she's kind of presented in a different way because the movies kind of all have their own sort of generic yeah, kind of like, conventions. She doesn't. She's always calm and collected, which is part mm-hmm. of what's so aspirational and wonderful about her. Is Ripley doesn't really lose her cool, at least in the first two movies. She's always competent. She's always thinking. She's great. And then, of course, you know, in in other Final Girl movies, right? It's people who exhibit the sins of sexuality or drugs or whatever, but an alien, it's just, you know, stupidity, (laughs) right? Like, um, 
what does that captain do that's so dumb? I don't know. But, you know, the other characters who freak out in the first movie, yeah. um, they get punished for it with death. <laughs> um, so, in contrast, in the third movie, which, honestly, I don't remember that well, except... Okay, so there was one almost rape scene of Ripley. Ripley's in a lot of distress in that movie, mm-hmm. as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. There's the almost rape thing. There's the quintessential, I don't know if that's the right word, but there's the iconic picture of Ripley with her face all like, meh, and the alien coming up like, oh, meh. Yeah. I know exactly which one yeah, you're talking yeah, about. We know what The sound is. effects will definitely, and this isn't me being sarcastic, the sound effects will definitely get that across to the listener because okay, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, you know. So, so... I don't know what to think about that. And then Ripley kind of dies in the third movie, as mm-hmm. far as I remember. So is she a final girl? She's fucking final, but final not the way we think of final. She's final in that she's dead. She kind of like... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that uh, that sort of like self-sacrifice, and we get the nice Christ pose as she yes. dives into the lava with the um, choral music. So, yeah. you know, not, not too subtle with the imagery, that's no. for sure. I was thinking about that earlier, too, these, like, Christ-like characters, because, I don't know, I was thinking about the Matrix and thinking about stuff, and how it's mm-hmm. always always a dude, so... I was trying to think, are there any good examples of, like, feminine Christ-like... And notice how she's at her most androgynous in this movie? Yeah. In the third one? Yeah. Ah, yeah, like, uh, yeah Buzz and, yeah. and wearing the, the exact same overall things that all the other prisoners are mm-hmm. wearing kind of thing. I mean, not to say that she was wearing skimpy overly yeah. sexual. other than like when she was like down feminized. you know in her underwear at the end or i guess yeah that chest, scene that especially ha- at the end when it's the like scene just that happened her. for aaron's gaze we talked about this last time we remember oh this yeah listen to it today um but another thing that i guess also kind of complicates i mean i don't want to say complicates the final girl thing because alien isn't a slasher movie so mm-hmm. that it already kind of complicates applying that trope I think it still applies for the most part, but that um, I've seen readings of, or arguments made for readings of Alien where, or all of the movies, at least the first three, because those are the only ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there are more beyond that, but that the aliens aren't actually the bad guys. The yes. corporation yeah. that is, you know, exploring deep space and encroaching on their territory and displacing them is actually the the bad guy. The aliens are just you know, creatures in their natural habitat that are responding to invaders and threats as one would expect and one to respond when the their habitat is... that wants to weaponize these ex- aliens. Yeah, 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 exactly. So really, like, the, the xenomorphs, it's like, they're not bad. They're just... They're good country they're, people. Yeah, they're good country people that are just, you know... Want to impregnate you <laughs> and, yeah, do other nasty shit to you. Well, when you put it that way... Yeah, that sounds pretty, that sounds pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, but had had humanity just left them alone, nothing would have happened, <laughs> presumably. Until one comes to Earth on an asteroid, and then, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I do think a big part of why I love Alien so much is I can't think of a more androgynous hero in mm-hmm. a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big part of it. Like, sure, I do have a very soft spot in my heart, so soft it's gooey for, like, you know, Aaron... From um, your next, your next mm-hmm. for Sarah from the Descent, but they look girly, man. They look mm-hmm. feminine, they're fem, yeah. and so they're less aspirational for me, I suppose. Even though they're very cool and strategic in their own way, just Ripley is clearly the kind of person who 
who is the person who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I... Um, She's muscular! She is, I yes. want muscles. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> um, I was going over a paper I wrote for a class in my undergrad recently and um, talking about final girls and whatnot. And when our... I don't know which scholar it was. Maybe it was Clover, but it was probably somebody else arguing that um, the final girl... In, like, the 80s slasher cycle, at least, is usually the least feminine in terms of, like, sexualized femininity. And specifically thinking about framing femininity in those terms. That sort of chasteness is yeah, yeah, a that, trope, yeah. Yeah. And while, you know, we've associ- tried to associate that with femininity and be like, girls have to be pure and blah, blah, blah. Wait, it contradicts itself? What? What? Inherent <laughs> contradictions in the it- bullshit paradigm that needs to constantly be repeating itself in order to be maintained because it's not just natural you know given <laughs> what yeah anyway um so yeah to have explicitly i guess more contemporary final girls that are feminine mm-hmm. as opposed to de-sexed almost because i don't want to say degendered because but like de-sexed in that like the, from the, the in terms of the body and like mm-hmm. does that make sense do you I know what i'm talking what you're about driving at, um... yeah like, uh, there's a reason that it's um, Jamie Lee Curtis, his character, is the final goal of Halloween and not, say, PJ Souls. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who, who, you know, we, like, yeah, there's no, they there's... make all the comments about her sexuality, like, oh, now we get your famous moaning and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, like you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously, you you see her, you see Laurie Strode's character, you're like, yep, yeah, she, she's, she's feminine. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say that she's androgynous by any means, but no. yeah, as far as, um being a marked, like, marked as a sexed subject as opposed to a gendered subject. Yeah, you right. definitely have less of that with the absence of the, like, sexuality and the interest, or, and very much interest in, not to say that to be sexed you have to have a sexuality or anything, but... For, for sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it makes sense to me, but I'm also having a hard time putting it in words, so I think you know what I'm talking about, but... Yeah, you're too smart for me. I still mm. don't know. Can you, like, draw a picture of someone who's de-sexed? <laughs> Lady well, Macbeth. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's unsexed. I guess um, they almost have this, like, the ones who are quote-unquote de-sexed or whatever, they almost ha- carry with them this sort of, like, prepubescent. So virginal, kind of, basically. Yeah, virginal, but not in, like, a... Um, not necessarily in in like a like virginal trope that's like oh virginal insofar as like how do I explain this? Because I think I think also think of virginal can can mean like like porn trope like oh it's her first time and like sexualizing that anyways while pretending to Oof. desexualize it versus virginal and that like pure and Virgin Mary kind of thing. Yeah, like I don't want to say innocent because I hate that that dichotomy of setting up. I'm just going to assume most of those But, like, words... ignorant. But, like, oh, okay. but not ignorant in, in with a negative connotation. Because okay. often we hear ignorant, you're like, oh, it's, he's that so ignorant, when really ignorance is, like, a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like, we get mad at, like, willful ignorance. Yeah. It, but ignorance of sexuality, of adulthood, of all these things. Because, yeah, I hate the innocence for... Because the opposite of, opposite of innocence is guilt. So if somebody who has been, you know, a child who has been assaulted or a girl... You know, so anything like that is, is, has lost her innocence, then that, by extension, means she's guilty of something. Yeah. When she's fucking not. So, anyways, yeah. Sorry, another whole huge wraparound no, of, like, I enjoy linguistic your, your, bullshit. No, I enjoy your big and... wraparounds. Um, it's kind of funny, though, thinking about the 
de-sexed uh, Final Girl in terms of Black Christmas, just jumping back to that very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, I love how the Final Girl is the very uptight British lady. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas, like, off her you get Margot Kidder, Kidder just, like... Like, you know, they're, they're doing the jokes at the police officers where they say the new exchange is FL for fellatio right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, it's really exemplified in this how outside of that uh, Jess is in this mm-hmm. movie with um, the direct threat for, like, the first half of the movie is obscene phone callers saying obscenely sexual things yeah. to them. And so she's literally up against that as... Uh, right. That's where a lot of the conflict is. Do you guys think Ripley is de-sexed? Because Ripley, well, I think of her as very sexy. Mm-hmm. At the same time, she's not sexy. <laughs> Do you guys get what I'm? Yeah, she, like, she's, she's still she's very, like functional. She's, yeah, she's somehow. like hands-on, gritty, like. I would say she's definitely not sexualized in like the typical way. Yeah, that's for but sure. that doesn't mean yeah. But I I also don't see her. I, s- I see her as still very, like, adult, and, like, she has... She, she doesn't have that youthful ignorance of, like, oh, the world is a nice place, and people have all... Generally have good intentions. Like, she she definitely... She's seen some shit. She's she lived through some shit. She, um... So you're saying she's not naive, is basically... Yeah, she's, she doesn't have that naivety, I guess. That would I associate with that sort of, like, prepubescent, right. like, de-sexed, or not-as-of-yet-sexed subject... So, would you extend that argument to suggest that perhaps these characters are often infantilized? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. They're incredibly competent and super good at defeating and murderers, so- but they're also and it's funny babies wielding knives! It's all come back! Yeah, yeah final babies. So much- final babies! Because <laughs> so much of the time, they're not competent. They just happen to, you know, they're tripping and falling in, they can't get up, but they just happen to, like, by luck... It's like grab sweet. the nearest thing and just like ooh and throw it into and you know it cuts the killer's head off or yeah you know what I mean like they're not all competent they're a lot of them they're just Maybe like, dumb fucking luck that, you know that's a good part of what I think makes um, Ripley stand up yeah so much because sentence. she is absolutely yeah. competent well, like your examples like you're next and the descent they're all very yeah. competent I am choosing those are all very con- contemporary I think that's uh, yeah what's an example of your incompetent final girl. Halloween. I'm trying to remember. We we watched something, and I I can picture it, but I, I it was a while ago. I can't remember. Well, the original Halloween has. Uh, yeah, Lori Lori is very shrinking Violet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, she's just crying a whole bunch, and she'll oh he grabs her needing needle and just so happens yeah. to luckily stick yeah, it in right. his shoulder when she like. And like that's not a criticism of no, no, someone I lo- like she's great, shrinking yeah. in the fear of danger, but yeah. uh, but she she doesn't she doesn't show that cool level headed competence survival mm-hmm. instinct. She she yeah she, and, and yeah I mean that's how most of us would probably respond in that situation. Yeah. So no no criticism, but yeah she definitely doesn't have that like. Well, I would probably stab my own shoulder by mistake with my knitting <laughs> Fair needle. Enough. So Fair enough. <laughs> she's a step ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get that idea. There's it's very it's like dumb luck. It yeah. seems like not like perseverance and survival instinct and like training or anything yeah. which is obviously very much undone in uh, halloween 40 mm-hmm. halloween 40 well 40 and so far the 40th anniversary since it's also uh, just called halloween that's how i've seen some people differentiate uh, no the halloween 40 is what they're calling the re-release of the original halloween because oh, it's the 40th anniversary shit. re-release never mind yeah. me i'm full of shit 
Yeah, that's what we... Like, yeah. That's how it was branded on the tickets when we went and saw the original... H4O. H4O. Whoops. <laughs> well, the 40th anniversary of Halloween. Yeah. Disregard Either way, I, I get what you mean. You're talking the 2018 Halloween yes, movie. Yes, I am. Anyway, what about yourself, Arya? You have mm. yet to weigh in I, yeah. on your pick. My pick, my pick. My pick. Uh, I was... I don't, I don't know. I have different sort of favorites for different reasons. Well, then let's get into them. Okay, okay. Let's start. I was going to say the one that I came to when I was first trying to think like, oh God, what the fuck do I talk about? Um, I've mentioned before that growing up, I, in my formative years, I had a massive love for Celine from Underworld. Right. Oh, me too. Right. And um, Lucian is like an angry Jesus, to bring it back to the picture <laughs> oh, of Jesus. If you've yeah, ever yeah, seen yeah. him, he's just an angry Jesus. He is. He's definitely like a Jesus archetype, archetype too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and remember in, in the second one when Celine and uh, Michael have sex in a car? Yeah. And they, they keep their shoes on? <laughs> that, that was also like a it's, pretty it's, formative it's a, moment It's a European thing. Too. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, like, why do I like her? Well, she, she's she's pretty resourceful. She's pretty capable. She can she can hold her own. She's fucking hot. She, uh, you know, I saw this long before I saw The Matrix. So it's just like, oh, wow. These people running around the subways in their, like, leather trench coats shooting the shit out of each other. This is really novel and fun <laughs> and totally not overdone. <laughs> yeah, this isn't derivative of something It's not else derivative at popular. all. It's just... Because it's, it's very blue-tinted instead of, like, green-tinted, so it's totally different. <laughs> but, no, she, she's, uh... Yeah, she, she was fun. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. We love you. Yeah. We love you, Kate. I might have even talked about this on this podcast before. I know I tell everybody when I find out that they love Kate Beckinsale. Um, do you remember when Facebook first, like, we were in... Not you, Lori. When we were in, like, junior high and Facebook first opened its doors to not college students and we all signed up and that became the next big thing. And I found and joined a group called I Would Push My Wife Into Traffic for Kate Beckinsale at the age of, like, 14, so... (laughs) This was when you were hetero. Yeah, yeah. I was straight and I just had a lot of girl crushes and that was a normal straight girl thing to do. Like, it's totally normal that I want Kate Beckinsale to step on me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shoot me up with those, like, UV bullets. Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Step on me with your super platform. Yes. Heels. Made of leather. Yeah. And or latex. She, I don't know if I, if, if it was this or if it was about, um you know, Mia Jovovich? 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 Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Potential pronunciation. That's just a pronunciation, she, I assume. She's Ukrainian? I think so. Yeah, Jovovich, I believe. Yeah, but apparently, you know, Maybe the time it takes. CH? CH sometimes takes like sound. Anyway, sorry. Well, yeah, just, yes. you know, the, the time it takes to, like, squeeze into those suits. You have to be vacuum sealed into oh, them. Oh, yeah, and probably stuff. all, like, moved up so, and shit. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for your sacrifice. <laughs> for getting in. Braver there. than the Marines. But Resident Evil is interesting because that movie was also formative for me, mostly because it had a woman in a tight suit. <laughs> Looking hot. I haven't yeah. actually seen the Resident Evil. Well, she, uh, she was wearing that dress that was like slit. 
up to like past her head wow. kind of thing. She okay. was by Resident Evil Afterlife. Okay. She gets into some tight okay. stuff. But yeah, there was a red dress with a slit, which was also banging. But I haven't kept up with that series either. Have you ever I've been, been... hate watching them? Oh, yeah? I haven't seen the last one yet, but I'm okay. like I haven't seen any of them, so clearly I need we're to. We're gonna that. we're gonna do uh, an underworld Resident Evil mashup sometime. Yeah. So the Matrix and for good measure because Trinity is fucking Oh yeah. Mm. I want to meet the person who's like pick informative person in this way would be Frankenhooker. <laughs> huh. Like, I wonder if you saw that as a kid and was just like. Yeah, maybe. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about women in horror we love. Who do you love? Why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who do yeah. we love? Do you mean like characters or real people? All of them. Anything. Anything. Yeah. I want to know what you guys think of Erin in your next. I love her. Give me all your oh, opinions. I love her. She's so I loved great. how take charge she is. I love the yeah. turn. Like it's. Not I thought like I'm a, assuming she is, and then she's like, oh, I was yeah, like, a survivalist. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm turn there, like, or beautiful. I love it. Or she's just like she knows what's what. Yeah. Um. Best improvised use of a household appliance ever. Oh, I oh. absolutely love that part. Yes. There, there you go. I'm already doing our um, uh, yeah, you're, you're our awards. film festival Perfect. awards. Perfect. I was thinking of like, just trying to think of like, who are some of my favorites from recent, from not recent, from whatever. I really liked Lainey in the Purge election year. Mm. I liked her. A what lot. did you like about her? She she was also resourceful. She was street smart. She, um, you know, you you get the sense that she had maybe a a troubled teenhood, but has since uh, sorted out her priorities and focuses more on like you know helping people now as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, unsavory activities with, mm-hmm. of of youth. Um, I love. Maybe I just really love Fiona Dorf, but I was going to say, I, I really Ugh. like Mika from the last two Chucky movies. Yes. <laughs> Me- and also, shout out to Tiffany. Yes. Chucky movies. Oh my god, Tiffany, we love you. Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly, Tilly, we love you. As the, the doll. So, did you have any other uh, women you wanted to give shout outs to? No, I mean, I want to know what you guys think of Sarah from The Descent. If you think she's a oh, strong yeah. final I- girl. Yeah. She's another feminine final girl. I've so. only seen The Descent the one time. Mm-hmm. It's been probably a couple of years now. I remember liking her. I'm absolutely down with the um, feminine final girls, but oh, there's, yeah. a, there's I guess, a difference between is it like the heteronormative, like, prescriptive femininity where mm-hmm. it's like, this is what you have to do to or is it the, engage like, in heterosexuality yeah. properly. Because, I mean, you know, like... Is it, it for the gays or is it for, like, girls' own identification? identification yeah like queer femmes are fucking great yeah shout out to them yes like look i shout out to just queer people in <laughs> yeah. general yeah but like look at the, we need the show the difference between like um the way i don't know Catwoman is drawn in cartoons and stuff absolutely so um but as to sarah from the descent um i kind of like that there is sort of a moral ambiguity with her with the way the story shakes out. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really cool. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel like having a character who is either, like, 100% bad in every way, they're just bad, 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 or 100% good in every way, they have no faults, especially when it's the good with no faults, I just find that kind of boring. boring like, that's just sort of flat. Yeah. Feels like a flat character to me. Yep. Um, 
I like the nuance there. Like if they give the bad people something that you can sort of relate to, even if it's just a small something, it kind of make complicates how you feel about them as villains. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, nobody's perfect. I don't want to see a character that, like, it just doesn't. I can't immerse myself in that. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't suspend the disbelief if someone is so perfect to a T that they don't have, like, some sense of humanity or fault or anything like that. There are characters that I think are perfect, but that is (laughs) me. Like, for instance, Pauline from Excision That's where my brain immediately went. Yep. What do you think of Sarah from The Descent? From what I remember, I like her. I think, I like the ambiguity, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think she was, it was any way unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh, Heather Langenkamp. Nancy's great. I like that she has a big pimple on her face. That makes me feel really seen. Super relatable, yes. <laughs> and you can see as they're shooting it, the pimple is just like growing and growing. Oh, that's great. So relatable. Oh I really like how Nancy also became like like a sleep psychologist doctor. It's just like, yeah, that's that's cool. So you'd want to be Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. You won't be, yeah, you are not Nancy. You don't have the zit. Unfortunately, I uh, I got to suffer through Claris, aka Accutane, <laughs> for that. So I, I have I have paid my dues. So you've been there. Yes, I did. I had to, I used to have very many. It's funny. As a teen, I had like perfect skin, and then I hit like eighteen, and all of a sudden it was just like cystic acne all over my cheeks. I love how it wasn't like I hit puberty and then it happened. It was just like I hit like adulthood. It's and like it you can vote. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this isn't fair. It should have been the other way. Now you're gonna get carded everywhere. <laughs> Um, okay, so women in horror, women since in horror. you post it, is there anyone, like, I w- I'd love to give a shout out to to Jen and Sylvia Saska. Always. For, like, always, but for being so cool to, uh, like, um, help encourage us when we were just starting out with filmmaking. We're still sort of starting out, but um, just that sort of encouragement we got from them was so fucking yeah, cool. They're lovely. Yeah, they're very lovely people. And are we very excited for a movie they're going to have? Oh, you guys have already yes. talked about this on your podcast. Very, on. Well, we don't know much about it yet because there's yeah, not much information. We are very excited we for We are so Rabbit. excited for Rabbid. We going to recommend? Yeah, I think yeah, it's let's, that let's time. Yeah, let's, let's put it out of the let's misery. Let's put this out of the misery, yeah. Um, recommendations. I would like to recommend Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. If you're interested in the final girl trope, this movie explicitly deals with it, fucks with it, documents it, mockuments it, whatever. It's very great. Also, I'm kind of into the serial killer dude. He's kind of weirdly hot. So (laughs) you can watch it for that. That's pretty nice. There's lots of, um, there's like lots of famous actors from slasher movies in it. I mm. don't remember all their names, but you know, um, Freddy is in yes. it. Freddy's playing the Dr. Loomis type, ca- type yeah. character. Yeah, so that's fun. There's some freaky lady who's like a librarian who gets Poltergeist, murdered. the Poltergeist lady. Yeah, oh, Poltergeist Like, you know, the, this house is clean lady. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Zelda Rubenstein. That's Good a job, nugget Lori. that was in the back of my head. Hell yeah. So yeah, you should see it. It's very funny. Um, yeah, it's a, it's good. Cool. It's a good recommendation. Um, I love that movie. <laughs> you have not seen it yet, have you, Aria? No. Okay. It's worth a watch. It's so good. Clearly. I mean, it's recommended, so obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Okay. You know, fuck it. I'm gonna go with high tension. 
Good choice. High tension. We will probably talk about this on a later episode, but um, it has a really cool dynamic uh, between the two female leads in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't really say much else without spoiling it, but it's one of those ones that it got a lot of criticism for how the plot spells out, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> um it's one of those things that it'll probably make you really angry on a first watch, but on a rewatch, it's less egregious. Especially if... Okay, I'll just I say this. Angry. If you're going to watch High Tension, pay attention to the fact that there is a framing device to the movie. It opens and ends with this. Look at what that framing device is, and the movie is no longer as plot hole filled a mess as it kind of can come across I remember as. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my recommendation. <laughs> I'm due for a rewatch. I think I'm going to recommend The Babadook. Ooh, oh, good, yeah. good, good call. Female director, directorial debut, I believe. No, I think that one is such a cool idea of the monster and how we go about dealing with the monster, as well as just, yeah, looks into areas that of life that don't often get examined or appreciated mm-hmm. or offered time and space to yeah that's great i want to see it again i've only seen it the one time cool would you buy the book you know they sell the the book they version do. of the book i'm honestly too freaked out i would not own that thing um it, if the price was right yeah yeah, like I, I might buy it like secondhand. Like, it's like because I'm sure it's gonna be like I forty, buy fifty it, bucks. But I need to be thrifty about it. I do, I do. It's because... not the curse that's putting me away. No, it, it is it's, the price it's, tag. It's the price point. Yeah, it's the curse for me. <laughs> Fair like enough. That, I don't like that thing. Hmm. Who wants to sign us off? The guest. The guest can do it, but no pressure. I still. Okay, what's our? I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear your version of it because it was great last time. Be sleazy and easy. Yeah, got it. Got it in one. That is that is a hundred percent. Some people like their eggs over easy. I like them over sleazy. Have your eggs over sleazy. No, I know it. I know it. I'm just fooling. Keep it sleazy. Be easy. No, I know it. Be keep it sleazy. Take it easy. Keep it sleazy. Okay. You got it. You got it. You got it. Sorry for your eardrums there. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Perfect.